Hey everybody, it's In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick as always. And I want to thank you all for listening and for downloading. And also make sure to subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on. Leave us a nice five-star review. Helps build us up those charts, gets more downloads, and it just helps the site overall. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. uh, Patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. You get... uh, I think it's five shows a week plus extra ones every once in a while. It works out to about 25 shows a month and uh, a lot of good content in wrestling, boxing, MMA, even got some uh, TV reviews, got Cobra Kai review coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that with uh, Christy Petrillo and Garrett Gonzalez and Garrett and uh, Robert Silva have the uh, Mike reviews from the Hulu series. So yeah, it's all good stuff and uh, all for just five bucks a month. So consider checking that out. But uh, we got, we're the MMA guys, and uh, Ryan, it was uh, it was a noteworthy weekend, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, we got some real bad news on. I think it was was it Sunday morning that this broke. This is uh, our we got to talk about. Yeah, well, actually, late last night, early this morning. Okay, so yeah, so, so we're recording on Monday. So yeah, it was Sunday, yes, Sunday night, Monday yeah. morning. Um, Elias Theodoro passed away, and. Uh, I, I mean, I I was shocked. Um, I don't know if you were aware that he was sick. I I didn't. I I was, I, I was not, and as far as I know, nobody was. He was no, very and then, quiet like, about it. Yeah, he was diagnosed. Like from what uh, our, our friend Jason Hagom told me, and I assume he got it from somewhere else. But the um, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer uh, like a month ago, and uh, man, it was fast and. Uh, we, I guess so, so we should talk about Elias Theodoro for those that don't know. And I mean, you know, it's it's funny because in now in these times, like when UFC is like not as big and, you know, like where, where people aren't watching every single show, but there's still a lot of people that were familiar with Elias Theodoro. Like somebody, um, one of our wrestling fans in our, one of our little chat groups said to me, wasn't he on Ultimate Fighter? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was. And uh I mean, for me, my biggest memories of him are just like he had great promos and like incredible look and the ring card stuff in Invicta. That I mean, for me, that's what I'll always think of when it's him. But but he was a hell of a fighter. And uh, I was shocked when when he I don't know, was he cut or or did or did his contract just run out? Do you, do you remember? I think it was a situation where his contract had run out and he was coming off of a, a couple of we'll just say uneventful. Fights, yeah. fights, yeah. you know, and and this was at a time where where they were cutting a lot of people or letting a lot of people go who weren't really having exciting fights, and unfortunately, like like Elias, you know, Ultimate Fighter winner on the on the uh, Nation season with that was uh, Canada, Can, I think it was Can, Canada, Australia, right? Canada, and Australia, yeah. Australia, and you know he had a solid record. I mean, he was eight and three with the UFC, uh, only a two only two finishes. Two finishes, everything else with the decision. He's, you know, his biggest win, win in my opinion, probably either over Sam Alvey or Eric, Eric Anders. Three losses came to Tiago Santos, Brad Tavares, and Derek Brunson. So it's not like he was losing to bad guys. It was just, you know, no. just, just, you know, he, he had a pretty solid UFC run there, but just, yeah. You know, a sad situation, colon cancer that, you know, took Chadwick. Bozeman and and uh, and all that. And it's just that's a 
that's a tough one to get through, and it's a very sad situation. And Elias was a big proponent of using uh, marijuana as as for med- or medical marijuana to help recover yeah. for for uh, injuries for MMA athletes. He's a big big proponent of that, big push on that, push on that. And you know that might be one of his lasting legacies in the sport was you know getting getting people behind and commissions behind the you know therapeutic use for medical marijuana and in his very last fight he got a TUE TUE for it. it's <laughs> kind of not a big thing now because now that uh, commissions and USADA in particular has stopped testing for marijuana it's kind of one of those things where fighters can kind of use it as they please for the most part most part but but a few years ago that was a big big deal and just yeah just really sad thing sad thing to, to wake Wake up to you. I was under the I've been under the weather for the last two two days and I woke up in the middle of the night last night, like one AM one AM to text passes and I was kinda like, you know, you're in the middle of the night, you're half asleep, you're like, Did I really just read that right? And then when I finally yeah. woke up today, I was like, Oh my God, that is I did read that right. It's just just sad. It's sad and unexpected and and yeah, it's just kind of a real real shame. Yeah. I I um you know, it, it's like 34 years old, um, you know, and again, like guy, you know, um, probably I, you know, you got to think maybe like if he hadn't got sick, maybe would have ended up back in the UFC and won his last three fights on the, on the regional scene against decent fighters, you know, Matt Dwyer, Brian Baker, Hernani Perpetuo, like these are guys that have been around and he, he's not beating like scrubs yeah, and um, you know, but it's unfortunate, obviously, and uh, you know, condolences all, all obviously to his family, and you know, I'm sure a lot of friends. Very, very popular guy. Um, I, uh, you know, a lot of fun. Like, just you know, he always seemed to be having fun. You know, even though the fights weren't always great. You know, kind of like Sam Alvey in, in a way like that. You know, like you mentioned that he beaten Sam Alvey, but you know, like where you know Sam Alvey was all about the personality, but you know, the fights kind of suck. That was you know, I guess with with. Theodoro too, but like you said, it was during that time. Like he had had eight straight fights that went to a decision, and you know he won five of them, lost three of them. You know against pretty big fighters, but you know when you're not fin- getting finishes, and you know it's you know and you're probably you know they were paying him former tough winner, and he'd been around for a while. Probably was one of the you know higher paid guys in the division. Um, you know, those are the kind of guys you're going to cut if they're, if they don't look like title contenders. And, and I certainly, he probably wasn't a title contender. So way too soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, condolences out to his family and, uh, uh might go watch some of that Invictus stuff just to put a smile on my face. <laughs> Cause uh, I, I did always enjoy that. Uh, I, I would watch the weigh-ins just to see him and, uh, it, it was it was always a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a very entertaining guy with a very yeah. entertaining personality. If you ever got a chance to be around him for, for a little bit, it's a sad situation. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I think he might have been at that Saskatoon show that I covered. He wasn't fighting on it, but I think he might have been there um, in uh, I think 2016, 2017, whatever that was. Um, what was was that? Just looking at the Sam Alvey fight. Oh no, that was Ottawa, right? Um, that was the same year, but um, so yeah. So uh, yeah, again, condolences to him, and uh, and uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, we don't get any more of these because that that sucks. Um, but uh, on on a brighter note, um, we did have. Um, well, we, we'll uh, we'll get into UFC two seventy nine in a second, but first we'll real quickly go over the um, contender series stuff. Uh, watched last week. 
once again, uh, everybody got a contract. Um, well, almost everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, yeah. The the women. Uh, for some reason, I thought they did give her give give her one, but yeah, I'm looking at it here now, and they didn't. Um, yeah, yeah. The four men who won got got contracts, two decisions, two finishes. But yeah, the the girl that was six and zero, oh, I think she'll probably get another fight on the contender series. I would think maybe next year. She's only yeah. twenty. So. Yeah, she she'll be in the UFC one day unless her career just starts to tank after this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Bombfiend brothers didn't disappoint. Um, you know, Ismail got a got a decision win, but it was a hell of a fight with Nariman Abasov, just back and forth and hard hitting. And, and I can't believe that there wasn't a finish there. And then uh, Gabriel Bombfiend got a got a first round submission with a Von Flute choke over Trey Waters, gave him his first loss. And um, yeah, and uh, yeah, though that that was pretty much the main main news coming out of it. The other contracts went to Carl Williams heavyweight and uh light heavyweight vitor petrino um any anything else uh you want to add about the show uh i'm looking forward to seeing the bonfim brothers in in the ufc proper proper being both of them look exciting as heck uh gotta get yeah. carl carl williams props he he took the fight on nine days notice couldn't train because he had a hand injury and he was giving up like 30 pounds to to jimmy lawson and, and was able to out wrestle out wrestle him and you know i'm kind of glad they're giving him giving him a chance and giving him a chance at light heavyweight with a training camp to see what he does and vitor Pacino, he he's he could be a threat at light heavyweight he's gonna need to work on his conditioning but that was a crazy fight in the him and bellato bellato our bellato did you see yeah. that yeah um almost bellator <laughs> so yeah. uh but uh, yeah, they had a they had a hell of a fight, and that was you know Petrino might might have a little something at light heavyweight, but he's definitely gonna need to work on his conditioning. But yeah, another solid show on the contender series. They've had they've had some really good fights and really good two hour two and a half hour episodes this year. I hope uh, we see Naram and Abasov uh, either in the UFC or back on the contender series because he he looked real good in that fight with Ismail Bonfim. Yeah, um, the fact that that went to a decision, I think Ismail would have would have finished most guys at the contender series level but abasov is like 32 fight veteran and uh yeah that, that was a real real good fight so um and uh this week uh you know i, I you know scanned over the names here didn't really i thought um i may have been familiar with daniel marcos because he's actually got a worldwide ranking but i i don't think i've ever seen him before but a um, couple undefeated guys fighting at lightweight, Malik, Malik Lewis and Trevor Peak, both, uh, you know, 5-0, and 6-0. I got your standard women's fight, uh, uh, you know, that'll probably go to a decision. And uh, main event is uh, Alan Bigoso against Farid Basharat, uh, undefeated featherweight, who uh, I think he's finished every single, well, not, yeah, his last seven fights, he went to a decision in his, in his first fight in his career, but... Uh, yeah, so probably another good show coming up tomorrow or today as you're listening. Yeah, yeah, uh, interesting fight at 185. Mario Mario Souza. This is his third fight on the Contender Series. He's one and one. He's fighting Ikram Alaskarov, who's a brave, brave from Brave. Uh, oh yeah, his only his only loss is to a guy we're about to talk about him a, a bunch of times at Chimeyev, but he's a uh, 12 and 0. Outside of that, so that should be an interesting fight. And Farid Basarat, he was supposed to fight earlier on the Contender Series this year, but his opponent was the one that missed weight by a ton. 
but oh yeah entire yeah. weight class and and this is a big week for the boss boss rap brothers because his brother javid is fighting on the ufc card on saturday so so the, you know he could be joining his brother brother is, before is that the guy who uh that one time when when he had gotten a win in ufc and he said how'd my brother do that's yeah yeah the, yeah the last time the last time both of them fought had an official fight it was on the same same day when it was when javid was making his you UFC debut and he won and his brother was fighting at the literally the exact same time and his his fight had ended just before just before Javid ended and Fareed had won two one as well so yeah it could be another brother combination in the UFC by the by the time Wednesday morning strolls around. I uh, I, I one thing I thought was funny is uh, Malik Lewis his uh, last three wins. Have all been by finish, and they they come for an organization called Peak Fighting, and the guy's fighting is named Trevor Peak. <laughs> <laughs> useless, useless information. But Trevor Peak is uh, he's finished every single one of his fights, and he he finished comma worthy in his last fight, so he might be a guy to look out for. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so should should be a, another fun show, and uh, we got uh, two, three more of these counting tomorrow, so. Um, it will uh, soon be done with them, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bo Nickel again, and and that 17 year old. I guess he's probably fighting next week. I would assume. Yeah, sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, all right. So UFC 279, no Bellator, no PFL or anything this week, uh, this past weekend. So we'll get right into the good stuff. And good lord, Ryan, why don't you take us through what happened before this card? I mean, this is one of the wildest weeks in UFC history, history, and just a lot of unprecedented stuff. I mean, it started. Where can I? Yeah, I mean, started. I, I guess Thursday. Would be the best way. That's what it started. I can't think of anything that happened before then. But Thursday was the press conference, big old pre-fight press conference. Supposed to have the fighters from the top three fights on the on the card out there. You know, doing you know doing a last minute hype job, and all of a sudden they're canceling it in the middle of it after only Kevin Holland and Lee Jingliang spoke for a couple minutes. And what happened was Kevin Holland and Kamzat Shemayev got into it backstage. And Chimeyev had uh, allegedly kicked Holland in the chest, and there was a brawl about to break out. And uh, Tiki Goshen, the longtime fighter, and he's now a fighter manager, he was backstage just he was backstage just trying to keep everything broken up. But you know, he kind of helps out. He's one of those managers that's friendly with the UFC and helps out backstage, or is always backstage, and you know, kind of just is always there kind of deal, I guess. You could say, yeah. and uh, he was trying to keep everything from uh, from erupting because there wasn't a whole bunch of security. And then Nate Diaz's team saw him, and for some reason they thought he was with Comzot, which which pissed them off. So they started throwing water bottles, you know, at, at Tiki backstage, and it just became a whole whole scene. And they canceled the press conference, and that and yeah. Uh, people fighting and then that was just that was just the start of it then the weigh-ins came let's see uh chamayev missed weight for his fight with diaz he came in at 178.5 so he missed by seven and a half pounds which is ridiculous his his doctors he claimed doctors told him to stop cutting his coaches claiming the coach told him to stop cutting cutting and that he was very close but uh 
some of this some of this whole stuff just doesn't make sense of like how he missed by by that much that much and then all of a sudden then you have Holland and uh supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez at a catchweight fight so Holland weighs in 179.5 for their for their fight uh Diaz is not going to take Chamaya at at that weight so they're having to scramble the card and all of a sudden Sudden, we go from a show head, supposed to be headlined by Kamzat and Nate to headlined by Nate Diaz against Tony Ferguson and Kevin Holland against Kamzat Chimeyev and Daniel Rodriguez versus Lee Jingliang. A complete, like, just swap of the top three fights in the last, you know, yeah. less than 24 hours before the show started. Just something completely unprecedented. I, yeah, like literally, yeah, like 24 hours. I mean, you know, little, I, you know, give or take a few hours. But, I mean, we were, you know, kind of following this all breakdown. And you kind of had it a little bit before it was public. So I think that would have might have been like maybe 30 hours before the main yeah, card would have started. I mean, I had I had basically the entire – the top three fights. Yeah. They had already had that, had that plan going before Kamzat even officially weighed in. Because okay. they knew he was going to miss weight, and that this was going to happen. So that we get, we got Comzad uh, and Kevin Holland at the 180 pound catch weight that Holland was originally supposed to fight Rodriguez at. Then we get Rodriguez fighting Jing Liang Li at that same catch weight. So he was kind of the big loser in more ways than one, which we'll get into. Uh, but uh, because he ended up having a fight above his weight class, whereas Comzad was, you know, him and Kevin Holland. Comzat probably weighed more than him by the time they actually got in the cage, but he, uh, you know, he weighed in that, you know, they weighed in at roughly the same weight, you know, one pound difference. And, and then Nate, you know, Nate, Nate and Tony were originally scheduled to fight at 170. So that made sense. Um, I, I like there, I had two ways of looking at it when, when I saw that my first reaction was, okay, these fights are all actually better fights if in a way. But they're like better fights in the sense that they're more competitive or they could have been. Well, I guess they probably were. But um, but they were like not as marquee in a sense that, you know, like I don't think Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson in 2022 is a, is a pay-per-view headlining fight. But I was actually like and I said that in our private chat, but I all more I think about it. I'm not actually sure Nate Diaz and Kamzat Chemayev was either. Um, you know, that was basically a, a, a fight night headliner, but they were putting it in a really big position because Nate Diaz is a pay-per-view main eventer. And, uh, you know, and they wanted to give Kamzat that big win. Um, and now you got a guy, Nate Diaz, who just beat Tony Ferguson, spoiler alert, and, uh, and you know, probably, probably leaving the UFC. So um, that doesn't really do anybody any good. And at least, you know, if Comzat would have been there, you probably would have got a nice, impressive win. And, uh, you know, and then you can put him in a welterweight title match. But what what did you think about what they ended up doing? I thought it was, you know, considering the the circumstances, they they made chicken salad out of chicken Chicken shit. salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's true. So, so, but but so, do yeah. you think, like, do you think this, this card would do – better worse or the same as on pay-per-view as as the previous one uh if this was if this was the the original lineup it would have been worse i thought i thought i thought uh i thought people were gonna be really into nate and comzat once saturday rolled around 
Oh, okay. It was just, it was just kind of the feeling I was getting as, as Thursday was coming along. I thought people were starting to get into it, and then, but I think this worked out for the better. And then you had those conspiracy theorists who think that that this was all a set up, set up, and because and because and that the UFC freaked out and didn't want decide they didn't want Nate Diaz to to lose because they feel like they're there's a lot of there's a lot of people who think that uh, Nate has either agreed to resign or already resigned and uh and so <laughs> that's funny given his promo after the fight well given his promo after the fight but if you like listen yeah if you like listen to him all week and even afterwards how complimentary he was of everybody he did he sounded like a guy who who yeah. wanted to go do something for a few months but didn't really want to leave and he doesn't even sense. really like it doesn't even sound like he really has a plan he just wants to do something I, else. I really feel like his only his only idea is the Jake Paul is yeah. the Jake Paul boxing match, and like and like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I I've publicly said on here that I yeah. think Jake Paul is going to lose to Anderson Silva, and his boxing experiment is going to be done. Yeah, his only chance to make money would be to follow his brother into pro wrestling, or or maybe try a UFC. But I don't even know if that's a good idea because he's got a long way to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, and Nate. I mean, even if you like see, listen to Nate's post-fight comments, it's like this guy's thirty-seven years old. Like, you know, there's not <laughs> much time. There's not much time. And if he keeps having the attitude of only doing something once a year, I mean, there's just no time to do to do the stuff he says he wants. No, he says wants he wants to, to be the best, to like, take over another sport. I mean, yeah, like you thirty-seven don't have time. years old is you don't uh, have time. You don't have time. Yeah. It, Take a, I mean, it's a, everything pointed to me that he's only interested in in the Jake Paul fight, and if that doesn't come to hand, then he'll be he'll be back with the US. I guess maybe That's, if Jake beats Anderson, then yeah. maybe they might do that fight. And he does have he made a bunch of money this week. He does have a hell of the off, hell of an offer from the UFC on the table. So okay, so I mean, and you, you can are, you can go. I mean, they can go back to that contact <laughs> fight if they want to, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think they're going to book him at one seventy anymore, but. No, no, they're not. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like like I said, I've 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 said on the show show I said a few weeks ago, I was like, it's like I don't think Nate Diaz's UFC career is over with. Oh no, I mean, I mean, he just you know got to finish in a main event. I mean, it's anything but over. Uh, and even Tony, you know what? Like, I kind of thought that going into this weekend, if he lost to um, to Jing Liang Li. Uh, that his or Li Jingliang, I guess is how I should say it. Um, he um, he would be he would that would be it for him. Like no matter what happened, like if he lost that fight, he was done. And he lost the fight to Nate Diaz, but uh, he looked good. Like I thought, you know, better than he's looked recently. And I I think I had him winning going into the third fourth round, or you know, it 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 was like I I saw scores all over the place. Like I saw Diaz 3027. I saw you know I saw a few people at Tony Ferguson 2928, Diaz 2928 as well. I don't think anybody had a 3027 Tony, but um but he was definitely competitive. Like I didn't I kind of sensed that at some point something was going to happen and he's going to get finished. But uh, I thought if it went to a decision that he he's had a decent chance of winning a decision. Um, the the strike count was pretty close. Um, Diaz was hitting the heart, getting the harder shots and Ferguson was reacting badly more often, but Nate kept like, uh, we might as well just talk about the main event now. Like what the hell was going on in the third round? Like he just quit fighting like four times. 
it's 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 an it's a neat DS fight. You kind of always gotta gotta expect this. Like he was just, I think you. I don't. I. It's hard to say what exactly was going through. He's just like he. It's just like oh, landed landed some punches. It's like Tony isn't gonna do anything. I'll just stand here and wait for him to do something. I don't. I don't really know what the deal is. It's there was to, one point where I swear he quit. Like he literally, like I thought, because he got kicked in the leg, and I thought he was like, "No, no, I'm done, I'm done." And he just kind of walked away, and he looked like he was walking to his corner. And Tony was like, "What's going on?" And like, and then I was thinking back to Nick in his last fight when he just quit, and I'm like, I, I thought it was kind of the same thing. But then no, I, I think it was more like what you're saying. Like he he was just frustrated that Tony wasn't fighting, but Tony was fighting. Like I don't really know what they the just, issue was. They play they play head games. It's yeah. Hard to, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. I mean, we we saw Nick Diaz lay down in the middle of the octagon in a in a fight one time. He yeah, just, yeah. You just never know. With the, <laughs> never know with these guys. But yeah, Tony. I mean, as far as how Tony looked, you got to remember this was a fight that he wasn't three weeks ago. He wasn't even on this card. Yeah. Let alone. I mean, and then he taking a fight against Lee Jingliang, and then switching it up at the last moment. Uh, I'd like to see him with get a full training camp with Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn and all, all them. Yeah. It's five losses in a row, but this one really wasn't as bad as some of the other ones. You can't give him ranked opponents. I think now's the time where yeah. the fights Tony Ferguson needs to be taken are against guys like Matt Brown, Robbie Lawler, Cerrone. Uh, well, Cerrone's if, gone. If, yeah. He's gone. Cerrone's, right? yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Cerrone's gone. Maybe, maybe he could be the UFC 300 opponent for Jim Miller. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Or, so. or, or as as somebody, uh, somebody that we are both uh, fans of said, uh, we won't say who. Diego. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bring it yeah, back. Ma- yeah, yeah. Ma- Mox had a good idea there. He, yeah, you know, Diego. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's done though. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, he's done as as a contender. He's, but- he's done it. Contender, but he still he still has value. You know, you put him in with those guys who are of similar ages and have had similar experiences and similar similar to that. I mean, you can you can stretch them out out a little bit and you know let them yeah. know, hopefully hopefully let him retire on his own terms instead of for kind of forcing him out. And he's still got some value, and he's still he's still very popular with all the fans you know, by all the reactions he was getting and all that. So, so he's still got some value in my opinion. To casual fans. I mean, he's probably a bigger name than comes at. So, you know, when, when you're yeah. making that kind of last minute impulse decision, whether or not you're going to buy and you see Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, you're like, Hey, that sounds cool. And, you know, not really realizing maybe that Tony Ferguson's better days are behind him. Um, and, you know what? I didn't even realize until I was listening to a recap of, of the show and it didn't matter anyways, but I didn't realize the co-main was also five rounds. Like yeah, they, that was part of getting Holland to okay to take it. I'm here real quick before we move on from Ferguson. Yeah, or move move on. One more thing about Ferguson. What do you think about him against Connor? Ferguson against Connor. That's a great fight. I think it is now. Yeah, Still, even, even with Tony being on five straight losses. Oh yeah, because I mean that it gives Connor a win, and then you can put Connor in a big fight, and people will believe it more. You can put him against Nate, if but Nate doesn't seem to want that fight, or um, you know Nate, uh, Nate, Nate wants that fight. He wants oh. that fight now. Okay, well, he wants that go. fight now. But I, I think I still think you know 
wait on Connor to get back before that yeah. happens. Or even, you know what? I mean, it's, it's crazier things have happened, but they could put him against Oliveira too. Yeah. Um, you know, but if he beats Ferguson, like that's stupid. But it just I mean, yeah. It just seemed like like, you know, going in the day Friday and Saturday, if you're if you're paying attention to Connor's Connor's uh Twitter, he was seemed to be angling for for a Ferguson fight. So that well that would curious. be similar to fighting Cerrone in his comeback yeah. last time, right? Yeah, exactly. Similar kind of fight. Yeah. Um how did you have it scored going into the fourth? I had it thirty twenty seven Diaz. Okay. Okay. Yeah, see I just I couldn't give him that third round. Like I the the the, the way he just I, I I didn't even know what he was doing, but I just like felt like he wasn't even fighting. So I, I just didn't feel right about giving him the round. But it was it, doesn't, it was, ended up not he, mattering anyways. Ferguson, in my opinion, Ferguson was winning that round until about the last minute when Diaz started yeah. chasing him down and landing yeah. landing a bunch of flurries against the fence. Absolutely. That's, so and we, and we we I don't think we mentioned it yet, but uh, Diaz won with a, a guillotine two minutes fifty two seconds into the fourth round, and uh, yeah, got the got the win uh, submission win. He did the tried to get the pose in <laughs> as the ref was uh, was pulling him off of uh, Ferguson. Didn't quite get it in time, but he was going for that visual, um, his classic uh, pose that Daniel Bryan kind of stole off him, or Bryan Danielson. I my apologies if you're listening. Which he's not. Easy there, um, Jr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, don't get me started on Jr. <laughs> yeah, I had to get, I had to get that in though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Jr. good dude. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and the co-main. This is a bizarre fight. Um, comes out and Kevin Holland just went for a takedown like right away, and and Kevin Holland's like a freaking worm uh you know you're trying to take down a worm and eventually comes that did it and uh and then you know just kept him down and eventually worked his way for dars i think this was like was it the third or fourth fight that comes that didn't absorb a strike yeah, um and yeah neither one of them landed a significant strike and there's only, <laughs> there only one strike landed in the fight it was by comes yeah. the the, the post fight promo was way more interesting than the fight um comes just He's insane, um, and yeah. he's going to be the most hated guy in the company if he isn't already. Um, and uh, you know, and that's probably going to mean big money down the road, you know, for him and whoever he fights. Maybe I don't know. I mean, people will, you know, his where he comes from and the way he's acting is kind of a scary combination, right there. Right there. Okay. Just having the having the. Uh, backing of who he has we'll just say sweet we'll just no <laughs> no i know i know you know who i'm talking about right i know i know yeah like like that's kind of a sc- scary combination you know being being acting the way he does and being involved with that guy yeah so, yeah it's so so i mean but uh at the same time like it's just i mean i don't know who's who can stop his wrestling i don't know like do you, th- do, you, do you think they're gonna try to find a spot for him on that Abu Dhabi card if something no. falls through? No? no. Okay. Oh, no, he said no. that pretty quick. No, no, he's not. Uh, if anything, he won't fight again until December. Okay. Talking, and it's definitely gonna be at middleweight. I saw a lot of people suggesting comms out against Colby, saying that's the only re- that's the only way you'll ever get Colby Covington cheered. It's, I don't yeah. think that'll work. I don't even think that'll work. Well, unless Colby. Colby's gonna move up. Kobe, yeah, but uh, but if Kamzat's moving up, moving up, uh, you know, one eighty five, I know he probably doesn't want to fight at one eighty five because Darren Till and him are buddies, and he'd be, you know, kind of blocking Till, but at the yeah. same time, uh, 
I mean, Chemaev at 185, you know, he's just as good. Just as good. Yeah. It seems like the one guy he doesn't want to fight though is Robert Whitaker. So, so because he he brought a he brought up it, it was funny. Everybody, you know, every he was being asked all these questions about all these different people, people after the fights and his whole after the fight his whole thing is like I kill them all, I kill them all. And somebody asks him about Robert Whitaker, he's like, oh. I like that guy. He's very good, so, which makes it sound like sound like he's not interested in fighting Robert Whitaker at all. So yeah, so yeah, but uh, well, he, I mean, and and he in his mind, he thinks he can do one seventy and one eighty five and yeah. win both belts and defend both belts. And I mean, dude, you're not going back to welterweight. His um, his coach says that it's getting harder for him to make one seventy, and he contributes that to just the long term. Effects yeah. of COVID. And, well, doesn't he? He walks around at like two hundred five, two ten, too. That's a, probably that's so. A I, mean, I mean, that's a good cut. I mean, it's probably what guys like Usman and Edwards walk around in at their peak. So true. It's, it's not, true. Any, it's not any more than it's than those kind guys, of but. brings you back to kind of almost needing like a cruiserweight um, or like I don't know what you'd call it, but like one eighty is probably the perfect weight for him. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, just Kevin Holland few, too, honestly. Yeah, uh, Kevin Holland one seventy five would be perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, because he's him. too small for middleweight and welterweight, or you know, he he can I, he looks fine at welterweight. Like yeah, and, and if he has no issues making welterweight, then then yeah. welterweight's perfect for him. But uh, but yeah, but uh, Kamza, I was just like super impressive. It's hard. You can't. You got to give Holland props. He got. He got a big paycheck. He got a big contract out of the, out of this, and and I think you know I think if he had if he had ample time to prepare for Kamzat, it might be a little bit of a different story. I don't know how. There's still a lot of questions about Kamzat. Yeah, he took Holland down. Holland's not the greatest wrestler or submission defense person. We've we've we know this, we know this. But uh, the que- the questions that we had on Kamzat are still going to be there, and I think the weight cut. Weight cut issues will only amp- amplify it when it comes to like, okay, you know what? What is this guy? Is he going to get tired? Is he going to be able to withstand a storm from an opponent? So it, it, we'll see one day. Even in a two-minute fight, he kind of almost looked like he was getting tired. <laughs> yeah, that so, too. So. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's yeah. So that was that, and then the uh, the other fight that was new. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Rodriguez won a split decision over Li Jiang Lang. Uh, almost everyone scored this fight for Lee, as I did. Um, but Rodriguez, you know, somehow got a decision. Uh, crowd booed him. It wasn't like a robbery. It was more like just kind of a bad decision, um, you know, like because all the rounds were close. But, you know, I think most people thought that that Lee had won, done enough to win and uh, he didn't. And it kind of sucks because, again, you know, like we said, he was fighting a much bigger dude. And uh, hopefully they kind of just book this as if he won. And, and, you know, maybe even do Lee Holland. You know, they haven't fought before, have they? Uh, No. Yeah, that, to me that's a good fight, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what what do you think of this one? Well, if you go by the MMA fighting robbery, <laughs> robbery score, they say it's not a robbery. And when you look at the decisions on the, uh, when you look at MMA decisions and the media scores, that says it's a robbery. Uh, me, I had it for Jing Liang, uh, but I thought there was some close stuff. I close stuff in the rounds that were. Where honestly, all three rounds probably could have gone either one, either yeah. one in my opinion. So, I mean, 
it's it wasn't overly there wasn't one person that clearly won anything which yeah. which kind of just keeps it you know keeps it close keeps it close i mean but uh yeah i mean it was an okay fight it wasn't anything super exciting it was good i don't know why the fans were booing because it was it was good but it was it was one of those fights where where neither guy did anything to like outwardly win the fight and it was kept close and when you have close fights like this like this just happens i mean you know the, maybe the maybe the wrong guy won but it you know shit happens like this all the time I guess uh, they were probably just booing because they didn't agree with the decision. Was was what I thought. But, um, they were booing during the fight. So oh that, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It, you know it's probably just because they had just had like two two finishes before that, two pretty good fights, and then you had this one that was just kind of two guys, you know, just kind of fifteen minutes of, you know, boxing, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty know, much, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's do our three stars. Uh, I think I, I did it first last week, so I'll I'll let you go first and uh, and speak of the, the wonders of Huggy Bear. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Johnny Walker. Uh, Johnny Walker getting getting a first round submission over Ian Kudalaba. Both of them got takedowns, but Walker was able to get the back, locked in a rear naked choke, got Kudalaba to tap tap a. Uh, you know, Walker lost four or five coming in, and this was a big, big uh, fight for him to to see what his future is going to be. I thought with a loss, he very well could have been out of the UFC, but he gets the win here. He stays ranked, and we'll uh, we'll see what they do with him next. Him next, and you know if he's going to make a comeback to being a light heavyweight contender. I'm going to leave Huggy Bear for you. So, okay. so my number t- my number 2, I'm going to go Jalton Almeida. He just ran through Anton Turkali, just absolute thrashing. Took him down immediately and then took him down again and just dominated from the from the top and uh just just uh yeah, submitted him with a rear naked choke in the first round. Almeida looks like every bit of a contender contender he's been fighting at heavyweight technically heavyweight these last two fights but he goes down back down to light heavyweight jeez that's that's a killer right there and my third star i'm gonna go with irene aldonia uh her and macy chieson was they were having a back and forth very competitive fight for the first two rounds but and then aldonia while on the mat in the third round landed an up kick to the yeah. liver Oh. That just made Macy Chieson crumble the mat, and it was over. And it was kind of like one of the, it was one of these like when you saw it happen in real time, you're like, what the hell just happened? And then when you realize what happened, it's like, holy! I, th- crap, I thought it was I a low blow. Yeah, like it, you know, yeah. like yeah, I was just like, you never see that. You never see an up kick to the yeah. liver in the fight. So I mean, it's just gotta give you, her. You will now. Props. Yeah, <laughs> gotta give her props for that one. Yeah. Um, so back in the, um, in the fifties, it's well before my time, even more before your time, there was a famous playoff game, uh, between the Montreal Canadians. I don't know who they were, who they were uh, playing, but it was the Montreal Canadians were, were playing and it was uh Stanley cup finals and, uh, final score was five to one and Maurice, the rocket Richard scored all five goals. So they do the thing called after the game called the Molson Cup three stars. It looks kind of like what we do, the three stars. Yeah. And they say, 
le premier étoile, the third star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice the Rocket Richard, le deuxième étoile, the second star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice Rocket Richard, le premier étoile, the first star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice Rocket Richard, dude, all three. God, I, <laughs> what a promo! Um, and the fight was—I mean, insane. Jake Collier was like just just beat this guy within an inch of his life in the first round. His face looked like he he'd been beaten with a bat. He like he couldn't even open his eye. His like he did something with his cheek looked like it was falling off. And then somehow the guy gets Jake Collier down in the second round and just beat the living shit out of him until he he couldn't take no more and like it was unbelievable like oh my god the the all three stars chris barnett i'm sorry <laughs> that's yeah he he gets all three stars from me my god what a promo go find this and then he did like so after he won he did like a a, a somersault flip and he landed on his ass like, yeah like he does spread. like he does every time like yeah he, yeah but if you haven't seen it it's worth checking out and then and then he 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 was like dancing like fat guy dancing it was beautiful and they, oh god like i was so happy watching this and i like if the fight card ended, like if you know lights went out and they had to end the show, I mean the pay per view hadn't even started yet, but I I would have been happy. Like that that was that was kicked off the 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 prelims on what was it ESPN News, um. But man, that was so good, and I I it sucks that probably not nobody saw it, but um my God, what a what a what a performance from Chris Barnett and Jake Collier too. Uh, hopefully he's back. Cause uh, that that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really it was really great. It was my favorite fight of the night. I'll put it put it that way. It was, a, it was the fight I had the had rated the highest. It was just a slugfest. It was, you know, we see just a heavyweight slugfest. Everything you ask for for two guys who are weighing. 200. Well, well Barnett Christmas, missed, was weight. like the third fighter to miss weight at heavyweight. Second. Second, second, okay. second, second official yeah. one, yeah. One, and, but uh, and even Collier weighed 265. So these guys were probably every bit of like 280 or more yeah. just beating the crap out of each other. And then Chris Barnett, you know, 
that Mark guy's Barnett's like guts hanging below his knees. Yeah, and, like, like, <laughs> that guy's that guy's like a cult hero. He's gonna oh be a, such a fan favorite. Him fan and favorite. Derek Lewis. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> and like I said, I mean, Chris Barnett. His last fight was in the Apex. He needs to fight nowhere except in front of fans. Yeah, like yeah. you know, and and it's a good story for Chris Barnett because those of you who kind of don't know because he kind of kept us quiet. He was talking about a little bit. His wife actually died in May. Oh no! Your wife, I didn't know that. Girlfriend, yeah, yeah. Whenever he fought in April against Martin Boudet, Boudet, his, I don't know if they were married or his long-term relationship or what, but he called her his wife, his wife. But uh, she was in the hospital at the time, dying. Whenever he, basically, when he took that fight, and Dana White was was got on to him about about you know why are you taking that fight? You should have pulled pulled out and and it just seems like from everything i've heard dana loves him loves him he missed weight he even though he missed weight and was ineligible for performance bonus dana said he was going to take care of him and all that so so yeah chris barnett is just he's the, he's probably one of the five easiest fighters to root for in the ufc just yeah. such a such an entertaining individual oh my god yeah if you haven't seen the fight Definitely, because you know it was on the prelims. Maybe you didn't go watch it. Um, it's you know it'll be on uh, Fight Pass, um, and and definitely watch the post fight stuff. Because yeah, my yeah. god, that was so it was reminded me of Moxley's promo that kicked off AEW Dynamite in yeah. a way. You know, just rah rah. The company's the best, and yeah. you know, it, oh my god, Fight Fight Pass or ESPN Plus if you have yeah. for those. Here, yeah. Here oh yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't know, I didn't mention earlier, and I was meaning to in the uh, in the main event, um, and I, uh, is uh, that Nate Diaz uh, was you know talking before the fight that he was going to leave UFC, and uh, and he comes out even though he's planning on leaving UFC, he gets huge cheers from the crowd, and he's walking out to a Rolling Stones song. He's like, hmm, this sounds familiar. <laughs> this is the AW pay per view last weekend. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Rolling um, Stones, and then went right into Snoop and Dre, and then we went right into Tupac. So, well, we didn't get that great, last week. It was we just a great mixture of songs for him. But yeah, yeah. There, there's your answer for uh, uh, I, our buddy David had a thing in the Fight Game Media Group about uh, artists whose uh, music that you would want if you were stranded on a desert island, and that's that's a pretty good mix right there. Yeah. All right, so take us through the rest of this card because there was some good performances other than yeah. the ones we mentioned. Yeah, it uh, kicked off with a, a welterweight fight. Johan Lanace, uh split decision over Darian Weeks. I thought this was the weakest fight on the card. Wasn't much to it. I actually thought Weeks won the fight. I had given him, given him a second and third round, third round, but it was a fight that could have gone either way. Not much, not much to it. Then we had a women's strawweight fight. Elise Reed. Unanimous decision over Melissa Martinez, 29-28 across the board. Reed uh, won the first and the third. She dropped Martinez in the first and then dominated with the rest and then the third. Pretty much the story of the fight. Fight right there. Reed looked good, in my opinion. Uh, then we had a bantamweight fight. Alating Hale, uh, unanimous decision over Chad and Helliger. Hale just was dominant on the feet with punches that were rocking in Helliger throughout the fight. And Helliger... You know, tried to spark a comeback, but he was just getting hurt by punches from Hale over the 15 minutes, and Hale won all three rounds. So it was a good, good little scrap there. Then we had a women's featherweight fight. Norma Dumont unanimous decision over Danielle Wolf, 30-27 twice and 30-26. This was a complete mismatch. I mean, Wolf, Wolf was 
the former boss. She's a former boxer, but she's only one and zero in MMA, and she's thirty nine years old. Old making her UFC debut against Dumont, who's very good, and Dumont uh, just she rocked her several times, and there was the wrestling in the second and third round. Third round was particularly dominant. The one more the one thing about Dumont in this fight was was her fight IQ was not the best because she <laughs> she especially in the second round like she dropped Wolf and then. And then uh, let her get up and instantly clinched, clinched with her instead of capitalizing. And then she rocked Wolf again, and they went to the ground, and she just got in the guard and just laid on top instead of trying, trying to finish. It wasn't very, you know, you got to capitalize on those mistakes. I thought Dumont could have finished her. But still, dominant decision win for Dumont. Then the uh, featured prelims kicked off with Chris Barnett, second-round finish over Jake Collier. It's a fight worth going out of your way to see. We'll leave it. Paul just talked about it. It's just tremendous stuff all around. Then we had a middle, middleweight fight. Dennis Tallulan uh, sec, finished Jamie Pickett in the second round. I thought they had a very competitive first round that Pickett, and I thought Pickett slightly won it, though Tallulan was doing some damage. Uh, second round came. They were training early in the second. Second, then a groin strike happened. It was a second groin strike called in the fight. The first one was kind of close, borderline Probably not a groin strike, but this one was. And then Tululin got a point taken away. And then after that, he just came out, just blitz and pick it to, to get the finish and ended up fin- rocking him a bunch and hitting a knee that dropped, dropped pick it to the ground and punches ended it off with about eight seconds to go in the second round. Then we had Jalton Almeida, first round submission over Anton Tercali that I talked about. And then in the featured prelim, Julian Arosa had a strong, strong performance, uh, unanimous decision over Hakeem Dawadu. Thought this was a big upset in my opinion. Dawadu did miss weight by three and a half pounds, but Arosa, just the striking, his striking was really strong throughout the fight fight and his wrestling held up and actually took Dawadu down a couple of times and, and dominated on the ground to get to the decision. Very good showing from Arosa. Then we had the main card. We've kind of gone over everything, but a uh, start of Johnny Walker. So in Kudalab in the first Irene, Adanya knocked out Macy Chase on with the up kick to the body in the third round. Then Daniel Rodriguez split decision over Lee Jing Liang. Cobbs Achimaya submitting Kevin Holland in the first with a dark choke. And Nate Diaz submitting Tony Ferguson in the fourth with a guillotine choke. Don't bet against Juicy J. Told you that last week. Um, Hakeem, the Canadian dream. If Jason Hoglund's listening, that was just for him. Because I know his nickname is mean, but I call him the Canadian dream. Uh, But he was no match for Juicy J on this night. So uh, yeah, that was that was the uh, the show. Um, they were uh, T-Mobile, five point six seven million dollar gate, nineteen thousand one twenty five. So was that a sellout? Yeah, twenty fifth. Okay, twenty fifth straight sellout. Okay, because I know there were there were thought that it might not sell out, but they must have probably reduced tickets at the end to to get the nah, last gold. Nah, nah, no. The person I heard from that that was claiming it wasn't selling out had wrong information. <laughs> okay, okay, but that's. Because that seems low for Vegas, or is, the, is that about right? It's about like, right. Okay, okay. Because it's an average ticket price. I guess about 300 bucks. Um, and uh, the bonuses went to Nate Diaz, Irene, Irene Aldana, uh, Johnny Walker, and Jelton Almeida. And, of course, Barnett would have got bonus, but he missed weight. So 
but Dana's going to take care of him. So that was uh, that was UFC, and uh, I guess no more fans for a while. Um, I guess Abu Dhabi's the next one with fans. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're back at the Apex uh, next week, um, and then we got a week off, and then and then it's October. But um, main event next week, which uh, I would not have been able to tell you before you sent me the notes. Uh, <laughs> Corey Sanhagen and Yong Song, good fight, honestly. And uh, and you know, just looking over this card, it's actually I, I think a pretty solid lineup. Um, you know, like in you take away like the two top fights, it's no better or worse than than uh, the pay, than the fight we the show we saw last week uh, or a couple days ago as we're talking. Um, but uh, pivotal bantamweight fight, uh, Corey Sanhagen was like you know inches away from a title shot, and now he's got to get back in there. And Yudong Song is one of the Chinese hopefuls that that you know they're hoping uh, will get himself into title contention. And uh, yeah, these are both top 10 fighters and uh yeah what what do you think about this one Ryan it's a very exciting matchup Corey Sanhagen is one of the one of the most exciting fighters in the sport let alone bantamweight division Song Yudong has or Yudong Song however whatever yeah, you want to call it I, I always do it right whichever way yeah I don't know which way is right but uh, but anyway he's got three straight wins he's only lost a one time only one loss in 10 10 UFC appearances he's what I what it, I just said 24 years old I mean these are two exciting fighters and that bantamweight division we talk about it all the time but but man they keep producing fights of this caliber and it this should be nothing nothing more than just a really explosive fight and you know especially in that small octagon there there inside the apex i'm really looking forward to this fight a whole bunch so uh sanhagen's only lost uh, in ufc to three champions peter yon yeah. ultimate sterling and tj dillashaw and most people think you won well a lot of people think you won the tj dillashaw fight i wouldn't say most people in fact yeah. i think i might have scored it for tj but um it was a split decision where sanhagen i think thought he won all five rounds um but uh you know it was it was a close fight and you know pride rules tj probably won for sure but um the uh yeah and 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 song Yidong is you know, like everything you just said uh only lost once in the ufc a lot of power at bantamweight so it should be a good one um i my gut says it's gonna go five rounds but i wouldn't be surprised if if we get a finish um just you know because both these guys have finishing power and uh you know, and but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, and then yeah, and the the rest of the fight is, you know, what's funny is on the last card they made a point of saying that there's 15 Canadian fighters on the raw or 14 Canadian fighters on the roster, and three of them were on last week's show. Well, they got another three on this week's show. So between in two weeks, they booked half the roster almost of Canadian well, fighters. You 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 want to know why why that is? Because they were supposed to go to Canada. Yeah, originally, originally yeah. they were planning. They were planning September 10th or September 17th in Toronto, yeah. but they, you know, just so all these fighters that were gearing up for that show, and we even had um, Charles Jordan uh, last weekend in um, in fighting in um, in France. So, yeah, all those fighters probably would have all been on the Canadian card, no doubt. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, so. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm looking at this card and like I like. But I mean, there's a lot of really good fights on here. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess we can do, you want to do your three fights you're most looking forward to. I mean, you could almost do more, but you'll go through the whole card in a bit, but there's a lot of good fights on this card. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing scary nothing big as far as like names, but as far as like matchups, it's very, it's very good. Uh, 
Uh, one I'm going to go with uh, is a middleweight fight, and it's not it's not the best matchup, but uh, it's because I'm highlighting this for a particular reason. It's Joe Pfeiffer, yes, against Alan Emetovsky, and you know Dana White was already building Joe Pfeiffer up off the first episode of the Contender Series this year. You know, you know, be Joe Pfeiffer. Hashtag be Joe Pfeiffer. Both Joe Pfeiffer, and he's got a he's got a good matchup for him to, to, <laughs> for his debut. I mean, Emetovsky is zero three in the UFC. Shouldn't be around. This, I mean, this feels like you know the you know bring the new guy in, new guy in, and have the guy on the way out, put him over on the way out way out but i mean but they seem to want to do something with joe pifer so so it's a it's a good matchup and i really i like that matchup uh second fight oh man uh i'm gonna go with featherweight fight on the main card andre feel against bill algio both these guys always have fun fights and bill algio he's taking the final short notice replacing lando venata but he had a really strong uh strong uh showing in his last fight finishing herbert burns there on the long island card and andre feely is always an exciting fight so this should be a good one and my third one i'm actually going to go with the featherweight fight that's on the main on the prelims uh damon jackson against pat sabatini Ooh. jackson's on a very good very good run since he's come back to the U- ufc he's won He's won four of his five fights since coming back with the only loss coming to Ilya Tapuria, which is nothing, which is there's nothing wrong with losing to that guy, that guy, but he's got three straight wins, three straight wins. And Pat Sabatini has looked very good, very good during his four fights in UFC. UFC. He's won them all. He's dominated a lot, a lot of them. He's 17 and three. I mean, this is a very, very strong matchup, matchup there. So I like that fight. Very much. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not on the main card. But uh, again, it's it's UFC. This is a Fight Pass show, right? Uh, yeah, ESPN or Plus. ESPN Plus. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and and there could be, there will probably be some card jumbling because I don't know. Sadiq uh, Youssef was supposed to fight Giga Chikadze on the on his card, which would have been another big big show. But Chikadze had to pull out, and I don't know that they're going to get Youssef a replacement, so they'll end up jumbling around the main card. So. Yeah, the um, and I, I'm just looking at like Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon. I mean, that feels like a main card fight, and that's in the prelims right now. So I could see that one getting bumped. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter when the whole show's on ESPN Plus, anyways. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I've got uh, my three uh, value picks. I didn't do the ROI again this week. I, I with my son, you know, in the hospital and stuff. I've been doing the afternoons. Uh, by his bedside and stuff. So I, I don't have time to do as much research as I normally do before the show. But um, Javid Basharat is uh, is a favorite, but not a huge favorite. He's only um, minus one, he's 185 right now against Tony Gravely, 180. And to me, that's that's almost a lock. He's 12 and 0, and uh, I, I think he's going to win uh, pretty handily over Tony Gravely. So that would be my first pick. Uh, Sarah McMahon, Bantamweight against Eric. Uh, Aspen Ladd is a uh, is a she's a slight uh, underdog, and I just see her taking down Aspen Ladd over and over and over again until um, until she. I don't think she'll quit, but it's just going to be rinse, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, and um, third one, this is a tough one, but I like the odds. Um, Mark Andre Barrio is plus one forty five against uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a tough matchup, but, uh, I, I'm always going to go with my Canadians and they don't hardly ever let me down. So, um, I'll, I'll 
that's my pick. So Berrio, Sarah McMahon, and uh, Javid Bashrat. I almost went with Jillian Robertson, uh, but I, she's kind of a she's a favorite, and I think I would take her as an underdog, but I don't like her as a favorite against Maria Agapova. So uh, take us through the rest of the card. All right. We have uh, currently 14, possibly 15 fights, but I don't want to say 14. It will be the final number. Knock on wood. Uh, all of it on ESPN Plus uh, kicks off at four Eastern time with the prelims main card at seven Eastern time. Uh, starts off with a lightweight fight: Nicholas Mota against Cameron Van Camp. Uh, got a bantamweight fight: Tony Gravely against Javid Basra. That's a very good matchup. Uh, women's flyweight fight: Maria Agapova against Jillian Robertson. Lightweight fight: Trey Ogden against the debut in Daniel Zellhuber. Women's strawweight fight: Denise Gomes, who just fought a couple weeks ago on the Contender Series, uh, she steps in on short notice to fight Loma Lukbunmi. Uh, women's bantamweight fight: Aspen Ladd against Sarah McMahon. Uh, you know that's a that's a big bantamweight fight between rank between. I think they're both in the top ten, top ten, and you know that's uh, on the prelims. And then uh, we have welterweight fight: Trevin Giles against Luis Luis Koske. Then the featherweight fight: Damon Jackson against Pat Sabatini. And featured prelims, middleweight fight, Anthony Hernandez against Mark Andre Barrio. Main card kicks off, heavyweight fight, Tanner Boser, you know, Canadian heavyweight, heavyweight who, who you know, a lot, who's loved by a lot of people. He's fighting for the first time in over a year against Rodrigo Nascimento. And you have the middleweight fight. I talked about Joe Pfeiffer against Alan Amidovsky. Then you have a uh, featherweight fight, Andre Feely against Bill Algio. Middleweight fight, Chidi and Joe Kuwani against Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, if there's a replacement found, uh, Sadiq Youssef against that replacement will be in the co-main event slot. If not, they'll just bump up a prelim fight. So, And then uh, and then the main event, Corey Sanhagen against Song Yudong. Yeah. Yeah, you just reminded me they when they showed this card on the on the pay-per-view, it, it had uh, Sadiq Youssef against TBA or TBD. Yeah. And I uh, thought that was interesting because they don't usually – do it like that but i guess yeah. they really want to get uh sadiq on this card yeah um, and i haven't i haven't heard any news on if they found any found anybody the 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 way that they were making it out made it seem like they would pull somebody from one of these other featherweight car fights for it or something like that maybe they i guess it would them. probably be sabatini i would think out, yeah out, out of the maybe. four but because I, I I don't think you want to mess with Feely Algio. Um, that's a, that's a pretty good fight, um, and and very different. Like for all four of them, really, like to pull them out of you know to, to I mean to not prepare for Sadiq Youssef is is a tough ask for any of those four guys. Yeah. So maybe they maybe that's why they try to get somebody else. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully, stay tuned. We'll we'll have some news and lots of times. By the time we get to the Saturday cards, they're different than what we talk about here. But more often than not, lately the the shows have been. <laughs> last week aside, um, the shows have been pretty much what we previewed. It's been a while since we've had fights changed that I can think of. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, news. There's not much you said, but uh, one, and this is one we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Poirier Chandler is official, and is that MSG? I assume. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was made official this past this past week. It's at Madison Square Garden on a uh, UFC UFC uh, two eighty one November twelfth. Uh, 
we talked about it for weeks. Everybody knew it was happening. The hold off and making it official was Michael Chandler was needing to sign a new deal with the UFC. I think his deal was either coming. This might have been the last final of his contract or or it might have been up or it's coming up soon, but they wanted to get a new deal done with him, with him before officially signing it. So this is his first fight on his new deal. So that was the sticking point. But, yeah, they made that fight. And, you know, it's it sucks that's only going to be three rounds because I wish that was a five-round five round war. But, uh, God, that should be exciting. There were rumors uh, at, at one point that he was going to end up fighting Diaz this weekend, eh? but nothing to that. Yeah, uh, he threw his name in the cap, and he got a private Poye threw his name in the hat, and he got it, and they had a private jet lined up, lined up. But I don't, it was never going to happen. So you think if uh, if Diaz decides to resign, that that the, he'd be looking at Poye for maybe one of his next fights? Possibly, possibly. That should have been that should have been the fight from the get go. Yeah. For yeah. no matter, for no this matter show. what, yeah, for this, yeah, for you know, for two seventy nine or months ago, you know, whenever they try to do it, that's sh- it should have been the fight all along. But uh, yeah, it's just a matter of agreeing on a weight, right? Yeah. Like they were, wasn't Poirier, it? That- no, Poirier was going to go one seventy. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, Tiago Santos is out of UFC, and he well, he's cut by UFC, right? But he's with you know, PFL he, now. He wasn't cut from the UFC. I think they they allowed oh, him to go. He I don't know if the last fight was his last fight on his deal, or they let him negotiate his way out. But anyway, he's left the UFC, going over to PFL. Honestly, the right move for him. Yeah, for him, yeah. you know his, you know he's with that shoe face winning a million bucks and figured, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, and. and <laughs> Santos has lost a lot of his most recent fights, so it's yeah. a good move for him. And uh, Leonardo Santos retired. Uh, God, that guy, what is he, like 75? Um, he's like 40, <laughs> 43 or something, 42, yeah. 43. For, for the longest time, he had like that just amazing record, you know, like it was like 27 and one or something at one point. And, yeah. not, not that much, no. Or is that, am I mixing him up with somebody? Mixing them up with somebody. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, not just another case of, you know, guys who were um, long-time uh, stars just hanging it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's only 18-6-1. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he was – you know, he's a Ultimate Fighter Brazil winner. But, uh, yeah, he was he was 18-3-1 before losing his last, last three fights. Just, but he's, you know, 42, not very – not super active. And, yeah, so – that's what you know. What it was was he started out his UFC career by like going unbeaten in eight fights, and he had big wins: Kevin Lee, Anthony Rocco Martin, Efron Ascandero, Adriano Martin, Stevie Ray. Like you know, but uh, yeah, three three losses in a row, and and he's done. Forty three years old, forty two years old. So that's it's about the right time. Yeah, I guess, but uh, yeah. So that is uh, pretty much the news, and then just a few fight announcements. Uh, some interesting ones here. Not a lot, but um, yeah. what what ones do you want to highlight? Well, yeah, I guess we'll probably talk about all of them, really. Yeah, but a uh, uh, UFC fight night on uh, October fifteenth. This fight was already announced for the car- card, but it's now the uh, main event is Alexa Crosso against Vivian Araujo. Ar- uh, <laughs> so does I this mean, take the place of the weakest marquee main event? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You can go to it if you want to. It's at the Apex. It only cost you cost you seventeen hundred dollars for a ticket, but uh, oh, 
Okay. But uh, yeah, that's what they charge for the Apex Good shows Lord. per ticket. I'll per pass. ticket. Yeah. Well, I could so, get I could get, probably get uh, credential, right? You could get me. You, you could get me a credential. Yeah, but I'm not but, uh, going to Vegas. Well, I might but, be going the following weekend, but I don't think there's a show. Yeah, uh, October twentieth. I'm, I'm just saying everybody's like everybody's talking about you know we need to get them out of the Apex, but but they have they seem to sell fifty tickets at seventeen hundred bucks. So so that's, who knows? what is that eighty eighty five? No, is that yeah? That's eighty five grand. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean they're all, they're selling very few of those. Yeah, hey, but still. So yeah, but uh, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of crazy. That, that, but anyway, uh, but yeah, the main event for that show was originally supposed to be that Cannoneer, Sean Strickland fight. So right. yeah. Lots of events, you know, you know. So you're gonna get some weak main events. Uh, another fight for that card is Nick Maximov against Jacob Malkoon. Uh, another fight for the MSG card on November 12th, Andre Petrosky against Wellington Terman. And uh, UFC 282, December 10th, uh, Darren Till against Dracus Duplessis. That's a Ooh. big middleweight fight. So Surprising that uh, Till is booked like in on a I, – I assume that will be a main card fight, but that he's not like headlining a fight night somewhere. But – I guess, you know, take whatever you can get. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's I I'm glad I'm glad he can get into the US after True. after yeah. all these rumors that, about the the uh, Daniel Killahan thing. Yeah. Thing, you know, and he was here this weekend with with Kamza, so he can get in the US, so let him come yeah. over and fight. I guess uh they probably won't be going back to London until what, maybe next March or so, yeah, so maybe yeah, he can fight then. Yeah, England in March or something. Yeah, he he wants to he wants to stay active, and I think he's a guy who really does need to stay active because the longer seems like the longer that fights go for him in between fights, the more injury prone he starts getting. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. All right, so that's gonna just about wrap it up. So um, if you haven't already, uh, make sure to check out Ryan's coverage of the uh, UFC France show in this past weekend's Observer. Top notch stuff as always. I, I as always I read it on my lunch hour, um, and uh, and then uh, you can also check out his coverage of UFC two seventy nine in this upcoming weekend's Observer, and uh, and the um, the live coverage of uh, USP, UFC on ESPN plus sixty eight on wrestlingobserver.com and you can follow us both on twitter as we watch the fights um uh, i mean who knows if i'll watch live it, it all kind of everything's up in the air right now um but you know what they think about i'll definitely watch it uh i almost did watch this show live but something happened and i wasn't able to so uh and then uh, for me i don't really have anything special to plug this week i don't think so just uh, check out the dynamite show on the uh, fight game media network patreon uh with me and jeff hawkins we'll uh break down uh the uh this coming weekend's dynamite as we head towards arthur ash stadium so uh so for ryan i'm paul and ryan take us home like you always do and like i didn't last week <laughs> all right <laughs> i hope everybody enjoyed the show everyone have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later <laughs>